What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on Facebook. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify. Also, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we have a guest that we're both pretty excited about because we're big fans of this band. We have Phil Sandoval, guitarist from Armored Saint. Uh, the band's got a new album out. We'll talk about that. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about their history. Uh, Jason and I were both uh, in attendance during the Metallica Ride the Lightning tour when it went to San Antonio in 1985. We didn't know each other at the time, but we were in the same building uh, and Armored Saint was the opening act for that tour. And of course, we'll talk to Phil about that as well. Um, anything else you want to add? Talking about the Cameo Theater, three yeah. nights in a row, uh, Armored Saint and Metallica. And it's uh, you could call that a heyday. Yeah. I mean, that's a heyday like a mofo. <laughs> exactly. So, Legendary. Uh, they were supporting uh, March of the Saint, and of course Metallica was supporting Ride the Lightning, as Dave said. And, you know, that's when I first first met uh, Phil, would have been February 21st of 1985 at the Austin City Coliseum. Uh, introduced to John Bush and then met the whole band. Uh, introduced to John Bush by one James Hetfield. And... Um, just it's just been every time that band has come through uh i've been there i i i use this term for my friend dave here but i too am a front row joe sometimes you know getting in the front knowing all the words sometimes handed the microphone which is i i live for that i'm a super ham um i've seen armored saint a lot of times and uh, Phil is an, is an awesome cat. He's very humble. He's very real. Um, super, super sweet guy and very, very uh, fun to talk to. We've had some great times with Phil and the Armored Saint guys. Uh, I, admittedly, I was riding your coattails on a couple occasions when we ended up uh, on, the, on the tour bus and hanging out with the guys. And I did actually see you get on stage and sing with them. So, uh, yeah. I have a photo of that somewhere. That, that was uh, that was when they were out. I don't know what record Dio was touring, but that was in two thousand. Yeah, Magica. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Who was yeah. on drums on that? Was oh, that boy. Simon Wright? Uh, he was on the studio album, so I he, bet he was on. on I bet he was on that tour. And so yeah. Simon Wright, Metal Dave, Jason, Armored yeah. Saint, all in the same building, and we didn't get to we. Who else? Brian Slagle. Brian Slagle, oh, founder wow. of Metal Blade Records. So, showed up so you'll you'll hear us uh, you'll hear us talk about that in this this episode. I was going to get to the to the Ride the Lightning tour a little later uh, in my notes, but since we're kind of on the subject anyway, I wanted to uh, ask Phil uh, a little bit about that because. Um, I that was the first time I ever saw Armored Saint. You guys were supporting Metallica on the Ride the Lightning tour. You played the Cameo Theater in San Antonio, and in San Antonio, that gig is legendary because the uh, demand was so high that Metallica ended up doing three consecutive nights at that venue. And 
so I, I want to know from your perspective, what what was that like logistically? Did did you guys? I mean, because typically a band can't just stick around town for two additional days. You know, you've got a schedule and you've got an itinerary and you're on the move. Uh, now, granted, this is kind of in the early stages of both bands' careers. But was was there any sort of discussion when it's it became apparent that tickets were selling out and you could do a second night and a third night? What do you recall about that whole time in San Antonio doing those three dates? Um, well, I look at it like this. Uh, I didn't really handle any of that kind of business and stuff like that. So I'm not the kind of guy to ask about that. But I do remember... Uh, just the shows in Texas were like uh, extraordinarily fantastic. Uh, there was some, just a vibe, and and that whole tour had a vibe. It, it's almost like the mosh pit was invented on that tour, and you know we were watching just people go crazy. You know what I mean? And we've never seen this before. You know, uh, like that. You know, so I, I remember just uh, really like a stormtroopers just metallica's just exploding that was the 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 tour that exploded metallica yeah yeah and and you guys made a mark yourself i mean armored saint was wasn't on a lot of people's radar and and that tour kind of i mean we were aware of you in san antonio but i would imagine as that tour went around the country you guys you know got some pretty good exposure off of that and uh people were probably buying Armored Saint records and T-shirts, you know, because you guys were you guys were a great opening act, great choice for that uh, for that tour. Yeah, yeah, we were right there in the midst of it all, you know, where it all happened. You know, Thrash was just uh, new and kind of like almost like uh, going through its circle of invention. You know, um, it was pre Slayer uh, and stuff, pre Anthrax and, and you stuff. Were, and, well, you were, Armored. you were, you were. I mean, that you know. Uh, this is is forgotten and overlooked that Metallica is 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 a band from from Los Angeles. Yeah. So you were there when they were there. Yeah. Probably was there some what what's what's your earliest shows and did were any of them I mean we're not here to talk about Metallica but while we're while we are talking about Metallica in those early LA days uh, I mean, you guys were brothers. I mean, you guys lived, I feel like, and I want to talk about that too, your earliest beginnings in the garage kind of thing and your earliest gigs as a band uh, playing, whether it be Hollywood or just Orange County or wherever you were playing, and who were you playing with and was maybe a few of those before they got you know moved to San Francisco in order to uh, get Cliff in the band, were you, were you Callahootin? Were you running around uh, L.A. County and Orange County with, with Metallica? Um, we did actually uh, have some uh, gigs with them. You know, Country Club, Reseda. Um, yes. You know, that was a great place and stuff. Um, and, and and I think we just like grew up together yes. in the process of of the clubs and stuff. And they were doing their thing and and stuff like that. Now, I just remember going to the Troubadour. Uh, very, very first time I've ever seen Metallica at, at all. You know, just just the buzz was there. And basically, you know, it was like uh, an earthquake happened. <laughs> right. They, they opened the door and I could hear like uh, Dave Mustaine ripping on the guitar and, you know, just, you know, they're playing, you know, Diamond Head and stuff like And I've yeah. never heard the Diamond Head songs. 
but they made it seem like it was them, but they didn't tell people it was Diamond Head. <laughs> you know, yeah. They did that a lot. And um and I just remember well, I think I think at the time that they technically officially may have only had like two or three original songs, like Hit the Lights and maybe uh Mechanics, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and maybe one more and the rest was uh, you know, Sweet Savage and Diamond Head covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I just be, I just felt like there was like I could feel it instantly. Like, wow, okay, this is something yeah. interesting and unusual, and it's hitting me like a brick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So it was a feeling, and the music is supposed to make you feel some uh, good music, and it was like that. Like it just hit me. It was like, and 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 then uh, it was us and them kind of like together yeah they played their gigs and we played our gigs but they knew about us you know of course they and did that, i have yeah, a, I, as a matter of fact i think they asked john to join metallica um yeah, yeah. like really yeah. early yeah, early few, early, a, a couple, early on. probably a few years after that i feel like uh maybe i'm just speculating that some of the material they wanted to play was a little technical and i, I think at that point james was still working on his voice and singing playing at the same time in my opinion i'm on one side of the coin that would have been just like some kind of strange masterpiece but at the same time james wouldn't be who he is now if if john would have come in right yeah but yeah. i think that but i think that there's a lot of love there and respect and yeah. i want to talk about you know metallica on metal massacre one was way down the running order by the time Metal Massacre, in, by its popularity, Metal Massacre 2 comes out, and you guys are the first fucking song on the record. Yeah. And I think that there, in my, just as a fan, just as like mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragger, caveman, rock-and-roll guy, <laughs> when you put the needle in the groove, the first fucking song, that's the first song you hear anytime you break out that record so that record that song is wow. going to hit you when your attention span is like bang muhammad ali so <laughs> there's something to that so wow well stated there jason thanks <laughs> um yeah. and and you know that's one of the things that uh you know i wanted to talk to you about was um there's a story about Joey and a member of Motley Crue that that where there was an accident that paid for the studio sessions. Tell us yep. a little bit about that. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were playing um in uh, Mount Baldy or uh, like in San Bernardino, it was like uh, in the mountains at a club and um they, uh Tommy Lee was there and I think one of the girls that he was with had eyes on Joey. So after a gig, um, it was a Datsun 280Z. Um, there was no room. It's a small car. There was no room. So Joey uh, sat in like the back, like the backpack. Like, okay. You know? And um, I guess they were really wasted. And, uh, you oh, know, no. of course, yeah, they, they went down the hill and I don't know, they, something happened and it was, um, Joey was in the accident, you know, Tommy okay. Lee was driving. And um and then his hands and everything he got all cut up. Oh no! Still, yeah, yeah, his hands. You could still see scars in his hands. If you ever see Joey, Joey's hands are full of scars. It was from that accident. 
Whoa. So, yeah. Okay. So he was in the hospital and stuff like that. And uh, uh, long story short, he was smart and he used the recovery money to uh, finance our first EP. Bless, wow. bless his heart. That I forgot all about that story. That, yeah. Thank you no. for bringing that up, Jason. I forgot all well, about I that. Well, I have to give uh, Phil's brother Gonzo. I have to give Gonzo credit for that because he reminded me of that. And I, like much like you, that was not in, it's not something that is uh, talked about a lot because it's just part of the history. It's yeah. like, it, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. I just think that it's like the, the humble beginnings of this band. Now, are you guys from Pasadena, technically? Where, where uh, is our- El Sereno, okay. Uh, we live in El Sereno. John Bush was living in El Sereno, and Joey was living in El Sereno. So the, the main um, core of Armored Saint um, is from El Sereno. But, okay. but in high school, uh, John, last, last you know, year, he wanted to move. <laughs> He wanted to go to to South Pasadena, you know. When he was a senior in high school. When he was a senior in high school. And at the same time, Joey was moved. His parents were moving to, they moved to Pasadena. Okay. And and then, um, and then uh, Joey was living in Pasadena. And then John went to uh, South Pasadena High School. And so did Gonzo. And I was, it was my senior year. I was like, I I don't want to go, go have my last year somewhere. I don't even know, you know. Right. So. Those guys moved. Uh, they changed schools, and, um, and Joey li- lives in Pasadena. So I—that's where I, the Pasadena reference comes from. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, was, I, I never, I never officially knew like where you guys actually called home base. Um, what what about Dave Pritchard? Oh yeah, he's from Pasadena. Oh, he's okay. lived in Pasadena. So yeah, so Emerson. So yeah, exactly. There's like. There's a nucleus happening. You right. Guys, There's Pasadena, uh, yeah. And Joey's becoming, uh, uh, becoming a, a, a your, your your cells are congealing in Pasadena. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. so you mentioned uh you mentioned Tommy Lee um and and we've talked uh earlier about Metallica. So in the early days of Armored Saint, I always I always thought, you know, you guys were sort of a you, you guys were an interesting band given the times and the location because Hollywood and LA was sort of you know the, it was the beginning of the hair bands you know so you had the rat you had quiet riot you had Motley Crue and then on the other side you had the 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 beginnings of Slayer and uh and Metallica so this this sort of speed metal thrash thing was starting to go on and then Armored Saint was sort of somewhere in the middle. So I love where I love where you're going, Dave. Keep going, Dave. So, Dave. Dave. So Dave. Dave. How how was um uh how how what was it like for you guys trying to make a name for yourself in a scene that seemed to be bookended by two different scenes? You know, you kind of got the pretty boys and the hair metal thing, and then you got the speed metal thrash thing. And Armored Saint is is too heavy for the pretty boy club, but you're not quite the thrash band that Slayer is. So I'm sure you ended up on a bunch of weird bills and it, it, you might've been difficult to market because you weren't quite in either boat, you know? So tell us a little bit about trying to fit in or make a name for yourself in a scene that was kind of, you know, being known for two 
different type of musics. Yeah, well, we come from the UFO Thin Lizzy um, uh, school of playing, you know, uh, uh, blues based hard rock and stuff. And we try to take it to a different level. We got influenced by Judas Priest and, um, and stuff like that. But uh, that was a, a challenge for Emerson Sane because we were neither thrash or heavy like that. And we were not pretty and stuff like Brad and all, not picking them, but just like the glam. So we were like, where are we at? You know, because we could do a lot of things. And um, I remember we weren't, uh, we didn't play guitars because I think, uh, I think the comment was uh, they don't bring in the chicks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your hair's not big enough, dude. So, because I didn't want us to, yeah, play there. But But, um, I mean, I guess, I guess if that, if that be of of some importance to a bar owner, because if you bring in the chicks, you bring in the guys. It was all based on hormones, and not so much the music. Yeah, so I feel like you guys, whether you were conscious about it or not, you were you were like, oh, well, that's a bummer because I feel like, you know, we're a good enough band to jump right in there and do all that. Um, And Jeff was an Odin and he was kind of in the mix in between. Odin's a badass band. Yeah. But they played Gazaris and they stayed busy, I guess, because their singer sort of was crossover into what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but 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 back to back to Armored Sane and and specifically you guys and what you guys were doing that early on when you started to play out on a regular basis and in the earliest scene like Dave uh, set up so perfectly, um, you guys are more working class. Believe yeah. it or not, you guys are more like uh, tech. You're more technical. You're more even your early shit. There's more to the songs. There's more to, and I'm not dogging anybody out. I mean, I like Rat. You know, I like I like those bands, but the point is the point. You guys are more, uh, you know, axe and and pick and shovel instead of Maybelline and Max Factor. <laughs> yeah, we we got like meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of a. Uh metal i mean power groove metal groove because we yeah, always you, put the groove you guys write riffs though you guys have riffs it's not just power chords and there's there's riffs and and there's a little bit of shuck and jive and technical and dance to what it is you guys are doing on top of uh you know uh power rock you know just straight mm-hmm. ahead yeah that's very true that's very yeah. true but i think I think it's always been a challenge for Emerson Saint, to, to, uh, and and even now. But but now it's it's like I'm 60 years old. Look at so I mean, are we going to change now? Either? No, you know, we stuck to our guns. You That's know, right. when yeah. thrash was happening, we had no idea that those were going to be the successful bands. How do you yeah. know? You know, do we stick to our guns or do we join the bandwagon? You know, um, and. And we stuck to our guns for the better or for worse, you know, but we're here in 2021, we're still here, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I'm very honored to still be in the band and I'm honored that people still like us. I love it. I love it that the thrash community loves Armored Saint. 
I love it that the bands, you know, it doesn't matter where they're from, they all love Armored Saint. Hmm. I mean, do you think that they love Armored Saint because of the uh, the ingredients that we've kind of, the, the colors that we've used to sort of like describe what it is you guys were doing? Because I do. The working class, it's it's technical, it's heavy, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's not hair metal. Uh, it's not, you know, it's 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 working class rock music, but it's but it's got a metal uh, shield on it. No pun intended. Well, I remember playing with Slayer and and, and Sepultura yeah. and all that stuff. We held our own. I mean. Those and those guys were always nice to us, you know. Of course Nobody they like, were. Of course they, they were. were. That's what I'm saying. You guys are undeniable, and all of those bands know it. Yeah, and and it was like a it was a special thing. I mean, you know, um, because uh, we we love that the music too, you know. So yes, it was. Well, a, you guys are. I feel like you guys are. You guys are from that the the uh, the inception of of that, and you guys are part of that. Whether you are, uh, you know, wh whatever the, the uh, you know, module is that makes you a thrash band, you guys just don't, you just guys left that one out. Right, right. Like, you're like, not, like, you're, right. Yeah, you're not gunning towards what, what exactly what it is they're doing, but you have right. the, the ability to do it. That's right, right. right. Yeah. Having the ability doesn't mean that you always should do that in every song. You know, having drums going. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you have a bluesy rock singer in one John Bush. He's a bluesy oh, yeah. rock singer who can who yeah. has tone that, you know, any thrash singer would love to have. Oh, yeah. You and know he what I mean? sings. Yeah, yeah, he's a singer. Exactly. He's a singer. He right. sings. Yeah. His tone is like I hear thrash metal singers try to sound like that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, I mean, you know, John Bush is one of my idols, and, you know, and he, I'm not alone. He's mm. revered by many, many, many different types of singers as one bad motherfucker. Yeah. So, so for you guys to be so young, to watch each other's playing and style and connection grow not only as brothers as people that literally have known each other since high school yeah. to become armored saint and then to be loved not hated by anyone loved and welcome in any room in any situation in any uh that there's that says something that says Thank a lot so about you. about you guys as people, as as a band, as musicians. You guys can hang with anyone, and uh, you know you have the fans to prove it. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. So, so given all that, let let uh, I wanted to ask Phil. Um, uh, you guys were were coming around at a time when bands like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Dio, Scorpions, these guys were starting to get mainstream sales and doing big business and doing arenas and 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 i just as jason just said you guys certainly had the goods certainly had the talent certainly had the songs had a great singer in john bush um 
but it never quite happened for you guys at that level. And and I don't know if that's because you were on Chrysalis Records and they didn't know how to market a band like you, or you tell me what was the missing ingredient because I you could certainly be on the radio right alongside Scorpions and Ronnie James Dio in 1985. And except for San Antonio, I'm not sure that you were. Well, we had Q Prime Management, um, Cliff Bernstein, which managed Metallica, Def Leppard, you know, a lot of huge bands. And they uh, we got signed to them before Metallica. Um, but um, I think it, there was a combination of them and Chrysalis not really jiving together, you know. And, and another thing, we didn't go to Europe uh, when, when everybody else was going to Europe, which was a huge mistake, uh, I think, on the co- – on Christmas, I mean, and they're from England, but um, I think there was a lot of miscommunication between those uh, camps and it, it hurt Armored Saint. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, like I said, you guys certainly were deserving of being on the airwaves right alongside some of those other bands that were starting to break big. Um, it's interesting. I didn't know that you never went to Europe because I, I would think that Armored Saint would be huge in Europe because metal in general is huge in Europe and your style of metal to me, I think it would go over well with that audience. So yeah. let's jump ahead to um, Symbol of Salvation, because then there's an album that looked like it might finally break you. You know, you had uh, you did have a couple songs on the radio. You did have a couple videos on MTV. By then, metal was fairly well established as as a as a mainstream commodity. And. It, that one came close, but still didn't kick down the door. So what was going on at that time? Dave Jordan, producer, uh, Jane's Addiction, Allison Chains, huge, huge records, huge, huge records. So we got the right producer. We got the right producer. Yeah. And um, Brian Slingo, um, um, uh was great throughout the whole thing as uh, putting it together and, and wanting this to happen. Um, and the songs were great. And um the environment was was great. Uh, El Dorado Studios, Marvin Gaye's studios, was where we recorded it. I had I the pleasure. I had the pleasure of stopping by there and hanging with you guys during that recording session. Nice, right on, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, everything was was going to. I remember this conversation. Dave Jordan goes, "Man, you, this record's going to be great. You guys are going to have, you know, do this, do that, la, 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 la. you know, whatever. I mean, not whatever, but." But um, it just something happened. I don't know. It's just like it just didn't didn't connect. But I, I have to say that in October of this year, the DVD for the live um, recording of that we did in Gramercy Theater in New York is coming out, and it's got the Symbol of Salvation um, recorded in in its entirety, and it's coming out October of this year. Oh, nice. I remember when you guys do nice. that, and Jason Engel, your fearless road manager, was uh, asking me, so are you flying out? you flying out for that? you coming out? You're doing the whole symbol record? You're going to be there, right? You were there. <laughs> you were there. You're going to come out and celebrate with us? I was like, uh, too much pressure, pressure. <laughs> do, I, do I have to buy a ticket right now? Or, you know, uh, yeah, that's I, funny. I wish I could have been there to... Uh, to see some of that did you guys tour that as a as a you know did you do you know symbol in its entirety did you do a whole run like that or just a one no we did a whole run oh good yeah yeah we did good. 
Yeah, uh, he that, in the United States and some in uh, uh, Europe. That that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't aware of that. And if there is an Armored Saint album that needs to be done in its entirety, you could argue that that might be the one because that's a great record, which is the reason I bring it up earlier. Uh, to me, that was the album that could have, should have, you know, that was, I mean, it was polished. It was great, great songs, great yeah. singing, great playing. Uh, the time was right. And I just, I always, you know, I, I feel like Armored Saint is this underdog, is this perennial underdog that was like always right there, man, close yeah. to the finish line and never, you know, never got the break that other bands did. But I admire your tenacity, as you said earlier, we're, what, how many years later, and you're still doing it. And uh, which... I want to I jump in real quick. You're talking about the time was right. When that record was being recorded, if, if I'm not mistaken it was 90 or 91 right somewhere in there yeah 90 or 91 90 yeah yeah and so you think about what's about to transpire when you put that timeline on it and that could have been the cards against you a little bit because it was very confusing the musical landscape was very different at that time for whatever reason that's fine I, i welcome any style of music to come in and do well yeah. The Seattle, the Seattle sound, and the bands from there. That was the new hotbed, right? So, yep. all these bands were doing really great, writing this great rock and roll music. I refuse to say grunge, but everybody knows it as grunge. They were all writing these great rock and roll songs. Heavy music was on the radio. Yeah. Uh, what was about to happen was the Black Album, Metallica's Black Album. I feel like Symbol was your black album you were poised and set and ready did you have uh bernstein minch on on that record as well working for the band no in 90 no not in 90 you were done with them by then yeah oh that's unfortunate because i feel like where the black album was like set you know it's like everyone said uh you know they heard the black album they go metallica sold out well whatever because if they wouldn't have made that record, I mean, they would have been fine. But from Justice to the Black Album, they're they're moving these parts and pieces around so they stay viable in a landscape where everything else is changing. Well, Metallica's, Metallica's only going to change this and this and this only by way of maybe the producer, maybe there's some a, a slight shift in feel of songwriting i mean when i say metallica i don't think inner sandman but that was the song that you yeah, know i think lack I of think, a better word the soccer moms fell in love with that and they bought the fucking record. <laughs> yeah i i think that's what i was trying to get at with the symbol uh symbol of salvation yeah, with, yeah I'm with that, that, that was the that was the album that uh, had all the ingredients in place and you know uh phil brings up a great point here and so do you jason i mean uh da- uh uh dave jordan mm-hmm. uh produced i mean so he's a hot guy at the moment you know he's yeah. doing nine inch or he's doing uh jane's addiction he's doing alice in chains so he's kind of you know, he's he's kind of the the producer of the moment, and that's what I'm. That's what I was kind of getting at. Was it seemed like all the ingredients were in place. If there was a record that was going to break through, um, that one seemed to be the one that w- had stood the best chance. 
and it's a, but it's a great record regardless if it didn't sell like the black album so what <laughs> you know yeah that, that's <laughs> that wasn't my point by the way and i know that you guys know that but for our listeners it's like you know that black album just celebrated its 30th year anniversary and i think that that's uh, amazing when you look back and think about all the things that were happening right around that time and when i say right around that time symbol of salvation is right up there with it you know that yeah symbol is a very important record there it is um, yeah we can't see it. oh yeah there, there it is, is. it's kind of your background won't let oh, you yeah. the glare yeah. that's okay that's all right well <laughs> Let, let's talk about this. Uh, can you yeah. see that? Hold on. Uh, Twinsies. Oh, there you go. Brand <laughs> new. Uh, Wait, actually, where's yours, Phil? Actually, it's oh. a... Where's yours? I don't know. We got to do a triple nipple. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> actually, it's about a, almost a year old already. Is that, is that uh, right? October. October. Uh, yeah. October. yeah. So uh, I'm holding up the, 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 the latest Armored Saint album, uh, Punching the Sky. Um Great record. Another one that's kind of, it's got all the classic Armored Saint ingredients in place. Um, uh, you know, you, you co-wrote um, Can You Deliver and some other, you know, that, that's one of Armored Saint's signature tunes. And, and you've co-written some other stuff in the past, but you're on this, re you know, you've co-written on this record as well. Tell us about some of the songs that you had a hand in writing on this new album. Great, great, thank you. Um, well, ended end of the attention span. Um, fair and no, do wrong to none are the ones that I kind of uh, co-wrote with with the band. Uh, end of attention span first uh, came to me when um, um, Guthrie Govan um, said something about uh, people's attention span is just short now and, and stuff, which I think it's true. And, and then I thought, hey, it's the death of the attention span. And then I gave it to John and John liked it. And he, uh, he it ended up being end of the attention span. So I was very uh, honored that he actually like, <laughs> liked it and stuff. And it, and it became a song, you know, and I, and I had a riff for it. I think I came up with the riff in Croatia when we were, uh, uh, at soundcheck and um and then john says hey what's that and i go it's a riff i just came up because i like that so that riff ended up being in the song and then um fair um was another song and uh i he used one of my lyrics uh, i said uh something like uh it's not even once upon a time anymore it's once upon a minute you know what i mean because so many things in life are short now uh and just so many surprises with and, and people dying and other things, you know, and um, and then that, that song turned out to be a very cool song. It's uh, you know, very emotional, you know, yeah. and then Do Harm to Nung is a riff that me and my brother came up with. Uh, Gonzo came up with the drum part and then I just followed the, the drums and then it was written by the rest of the band as well. John and Joey. And, and I'm, I'm going to go on record as saying, I swear uh, I'm not trying to kiss up to you here, but uh, those are my favorite songs on the record. Um, go uh, go and, ahead and kiss up and, to him, dude. It's cool. And, That's why he's here. So we can both kiss right. up to him. Yeah. Thank you, David. The, Thank those, are, those are my uh, end of the attention span, especially because that riff, it's got that chug and then it's got that almost like a triple pick in the middle that's just, like yeah. thrown in there just for, just because you can. Right, <laughs> it's, right, right. It's <laughs> wicked, man. <laughs> Very cool insight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's wicked. I love I love that song, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of great moments on on the album, uh, and I wanted to get you know give you a little credit there for uh, co-writing some of that stuff, and I I 
I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't study the album inside out. So the fact that you bring up my favorite songs is a testament to your songwriting ability. There, there's, um, Phil, there's Phil making your job today easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then now the album is produced by your your bass player, Joey Vera. And um, Joey, obviously an accomplished producer, uh, uh, accomplished musician. I mean, he's he's a he's a talented dude. And now there's got to be some advantages to having your bandmate be the producer. But I want you to tell me what are the disadvantages, if any, of having your bandmate be your producer? Well, it's just very close, you know, and stuff. So I said, Heidi, do you like this mix? And it could be like, oh, wow, turn up the guitars. I mean, it's like the <laughs> guitar player saying, turn up the guitars. Out. Classic. So said, Come on. But it's all good. It's all good. They're really, uh, we, we get through it, you know, and um, I love John and Joey, and, and we're just a, a unit, you know, and, and forced, uh, moving forward, you know, always like evolving, you know, yeah. Yeah. better. I would I would think that, you know, the luxury of having a bandmate be your producer is, like you said, you're close, you've got a brotherhood, you can be honest with each other, you can kind of push back a little bit. But I was curious to know if there's any disadvantages, like, are we stepping on anybody's feelings or hurting any egos here? Or can I not say that when I want to or whatever? I, I you think know? that I think that I want to jump in and, and just twist this. It's the same question, but it's not Joey. It's Gonzo because he is your brother. And there's a you know there's the infamous token you know about rock and roll with Van Halen and Pantera and it just it goes and goes and goes about you know, Raven it goes and goes and goes about how you guys are literally uh, you know brothers might as well be twins because you're side by side all the time your entire life especially your musical career other than that short stint where you were out of the band and if and if you don't mind we can talk about that for just a minute and sure. as far as losing uh our beloved david pritchard but being being that fucking close uh and you're you know it is there any advantage or disadvantage to that to to writing or is it make it easier for you and gonzo to show up and have like riffs and parts of songs and and has that happened on on what records has that happened on and and yeah go it was mostly in the beginning where we uh we all like uh contributed and stuff and um uh it's great having my brother and stuff um and stuff and like family you know there's yeah. there's ups and downs and stuff like that but the core of the love of our uh our family is there and even within armored saint but no family's perfect you know we've, yeah. we've had our little like fights and you know and stuff like that and uh yeah. but it always comes back to love uh yes. of of each other and and respecting each other and stuff it's just a, a very um a moral thing to have a uh, love for your brother uh, and uh, to keep it and uh, nurtured and stuff. Yes, so, I, I agree. I have, I have three brothers myself and I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's interesting. Um, and it, it probably the, the hard times you're talking about had to be just this bounce and then bounce back and bounce and bounce back kind of, kind of a thing. Because what, I, what I'm getting at is I feel like, and we're all, slightly older gents here and we can say this about our family members the older you get the more important that love and that bond for people that you are close to and have tenor and years behind it to hold it up 
becomes yep. more and more and more uh, important. To, exactly. To, and in your case, to your music, but not first and limited to your music. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. We're tight. Me and yeah. Gons are tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and, some, and it might, that might disturb a couple of people, some people, because they, they, you know, we, we support each other, you know, yeah. a lot. And, and, and it might bother some people, you know. Yeah. I I understand that though because there is probably a little there's some brothers who hate each literally don't talk for years, and you you're not that. No, we're not no. that. Not no. at all. You know. No, I that's what I'm saying is you guys yeah, are yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that might be bother some people, but it, it you can't break that bond. You know what I mean? No. I, I, I don't want to get away from the new album just yet, but since we're talking about uh, your brother Gonzo, and I, I, I wanted to ask you, and then we'll come back to the new album because I have a few more questions. Um, as kids, when you guys were growing up and getting interested in music, uh, were you sort of like, you know, we read the classic stories about the Van Halen brothers and the Pantera brothers. Uh, what was it like? Um, growing up as a child with a brother who was also interested in music. And did you come from a musical family? Um, did you have parents that were musicians? And did you and, uh, you know, did you start off on drums and Gonzo started on guitar and then you swapped like, you know, the Van Halen brothers or just give us a little bit about your childhood when you're growing up and having a, a brother who's equally interested in music. Well, well, Gonzo in sixth grade played guitar, you know. Um, I knew it. He played guitar, uh, acoustic guitar, classical guitar in sixth grade. Um, so he he got the bug first, you know. Gonzo got the bug first, and then I think in high school he saw a drummer, you know. Uh, oh. Yeah, and and then or junior high or I don't know, but um, remember, but he wanted to play drums after that. Interesting, interesting story. The day he was gonna get his drums, he broke both his wrists. Oh, yeah. How do you do that? Okay. We have two trees in the fr in our front yard, and our our dad put a rope, like Tarzan, you know, yeah. uh, these two trees. And I went and I crossed it, you know, I crossed it like jungle, like a Tarzan, and. And it was Gonzo's turn, and Gonzo didn't want to do it. And then my dad kept on going, no, you can do it, you can do it, you know. And then he he did it, and then he swung hard, and he his hands slipped from the rope, and he went to break his fall, and he hit his wrist broke. Oh. Yeah. Not, Not a good start to a drumming career. No, so that day, so that day, he was going to pick up some drums, his first drums and he said i said what do you want me to do he goes go pick them up and i'm going really okay so i go and i there's this it's a jazz little drum set it's like 18 inch bass drum and this this cat was playing some killer shit you know like jazzy and just like grooving r&b funk you know i'm going man that kid sounds like dope you know so i pick up the drum kit you know bring it home and there's Gonzo with his wrists all bound and stuff. And there's the drum kits. <laughs> so guess who starts playing the drums first? <laughs> I'm glad I asked the question. This yeah, is that's a great classic. story. Yeah. It's classic because uh, that's, that's the, uh, that seems to be, this is the, not the right word for it, but the trend with uh, Vinny and Daryl and uh, Alex and Eddie. So very interesting. 
So, yeah. so, so when do you pick up guitar and who's your first guitar hero? Uh, that, that was okay. Then we go, go back, you know, um, um, well, it was Jimmy Page for sure. Jimmy Page was my first guitar hero, but the way that came about was also this, um, John and Joey and Gonzo were friends, uh, before I was introduced to them. And um, they will always be talking about music, you know, Queen, um, Kiss, they'll be comparing and stuff. And then when I met them, um, then we started always like discussing music and stuff. You know, we, we were big Queen fans, you know, big, awesome. huge Queen fans and, and stuff. And how it came about was like, well, there's a talent show, you know, also in junior high, um, you know, so we should put a band together and stuff. And, and they put a band together and stuff. So I'm, I was like, man, I don't want to like be out of it. So maybe I should pick up the guitar because <laughs> like, you know, Gonzo's playing the drums. So, uh, so that's how I started. I was like 15 or 16. Uh, I started playing guitar, and I wanted to be part of that. So wow, that's yeah. that's actually a little late in the game. Uh, yeah, by, yeah, but um, obviously you made up for lost time. Well, so that's cool. So we have a we have a talent show to thank for you uh, becoming uh, the guitarist in Armored Saint. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted I, to get back to this, get back to the new album here. Yeah, uh, punching the sky. I noticed that uh, uh, Dizzy Reed is on this record, um, and people will know that name as he's the keyboard player for Guns and Roses. So how? How did you guys get him involved, and how far back do you guys go as friends, if if you are friends? I mean, just tell me how that came about. Well, I think he's friends with uh, Jeff, and I think that whole thing was uh, Joey. Um, you know, that was like a oh, that thing that happened. Um, that was all all him. So I, I I don't know too much about that story. Yeah. So, so Joey was like, "Hey, Jeff, call Dizzy." Right, something like that. Or, uh, we need a keyboard okay. player. We need a keyboard player for this part, and then just go. Oh, I know somebody. Oh, who, who do you yeah. know? Oh, Dizzy. Oh, yeah. he just played some Guns N' Roses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be Grandma this time. It's got to be someone be who's grandma. more rock and roll than Grandma, because we know right. Grandma can get around on a keyboard. Right, right, right. <laughs> gospel tunes, gospel tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's another name I noticed in. I, I think I saw it somewhere in the liner notes. Uh, Francis Ruiz. Um, is that the same Francis Ruiz who's now drumming for Buck Cherry? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Gonzo knows it. Gonzo. Yeah. Francis Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw that name and I didn't know anything about Francis until he started playing with Buck Cherry, but apparently I think he worked for Motorhead at one time. I don't know if he was a drum tech or, or whatever. So what was his involvement on this record does he tech for gonzo or or what he did yeah he teched for gonzo he did okay yeah. all right mm -hmm. i just saw that name and i know it's a fairly common name but i figured i'd ask anyway so well this is a really good record and for people that um don't have it and are armored saint fans i i think this one is you know right there with like symbol of salvation it's kind of got that same uh, again, all the all the classic signature Armored Saint ingredients are 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 here. John is singing amazing as always. I mean, what when when John left the band to go do the Anthrax thing? Did you guys ever consider putting the band back together with a different singer? No, 
<laughs> no, I, I love I that. I don't think that ever uh, crossed their mind. Now, John Levy, to go, that's another thing that kind of stopped the momentum of Armored Saint. But I, I can maybe understand a little bit why he left uh, because he was asked to join Metallica. You know, uh, he, we had a lot of uh, push with Symbol of Salvation. It didn't sell the way it should. And then grunge, and then he might have been like a little like, okay, this isn't happening, and I got this offer. I turned down Metallica, so now these guys are offering me, so I'm not going to turn down this offer again. So, so I guess I understand why he left, you know, um, because it was, it was he was maybe fed up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a very valid uh, perspective there. You know, he he might have felt like. Uh, damn, I should have took that Metallica gig when it was on the table. And then all these years later, the Anthrax thing shows up. And it's not that he didn't, you know, put in his time with Armored Saint. You guys at that point had had a long run. So yeah. you, you kind of can't blame him for going, hey, man, I'm not going to miss out a second time. So I'll take yeah. this gig and see how it goes. But I was in um, yeah. Yeah. I was in Hawaii when I heard that John oh my God. Had taken that <laughs> offer. It was 1992 or 93. And uh, I was over there with former Armored Saint crew members, Mike Graves and uh, Dan Corporal. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, you haven't heard those names in a while, have you? Rest, yeah. in, peace, Rest in peace, Dan. Yes, of course. We love you, Dan. He was so, such a great human being, so much fun, and, and uh, just, just a real guy and, and ready to have fun at any moment. And could be intense, too. Anyway, love you, Dan. Um, and he, Dan told me that he heard, that he heard from, from your camp that Bush had accepted the anthrax offer. And I think that he actually alluded to exactly what you said. Not, not necessarily about being fed up. It's like, well, I, I turned down an offer like that a long time ago. I, I shouldn't let this one go away, at least just to see what happens. And, um, you know, I think it's a historical moment and I feel like you know, when, when Lemmy went and did Headcat with Slim Jim Phantom, he didn't break up Motorhead. I feel like Armored Saint was, you know, destiny is destiny. You guys as a unit, and even when you left the Armored Saint for a little while, Phil, I think that that wasn't going to be forever. And let's talk about Dave Pritchard for a okay. moment. And, you know, you, you grew up with him uh, a as well he was close by in your earlier age what was the first time that you met him and when did he join armored saint the first time i met him was through gonzo um and and we 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 had a great talk and um i think i had seen him at padrini music um before music you know, music store in your area in alhambra alhambra i have okay. seen him there I, ne I never talked to him or anything but I, I i i go wow who's this guy but um i remember we connected right away and and we were on a hill and somewhere in pasadena just standing and he going so he says like something like so are you good and he and i go yeah <laughs> i mean are you and he goes yeah and he goes well let's jam and then um we started jamming and 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 then uh we we got these power soaks from tom schultz um power soak yeah uh, yeah and, uh, i remember those we, bo we both got those and, and it had this we got the armored saint sound you know back in the early days because nobody else was using that so it had a really cool sound to it and um 
And then, um, so that's how we, we created the Armored Saint sound in the beginning, like DEP. Yeah. But um, I remember him playing Eruption on the piano. Uh, you know, every, everybody could play <laughs> Eruption on the guitar. Mm. But early on, how many people are playing it on the piano? You know, Right. My son. Nice. <laughs> My, I have a 13-year-old son who's a music freak, and he's very into uh, that first Van Halen record. And he plays piano, and he learned how to somehow play Eruption on piano. It's funny that you say that, because I'd never heard it played on any other instrument except um, uh, guitar, obviously. And my son plays it on piano and on marimba. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, but go ahead with your story. I just had to interrupt a little proud father moment there. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you guys started writing songs that would eventually, I mean, as a band, uh, just to be quick about it, uh, for the the EP that you you got a slot on Metal Massacre two, you recorded the EP for Metal Blade. Um, was it were you know was there any material that that didn't you know that you, did you how many songs did you have by the time you were done recording the EP? Original Probably song. like around ten. Okay, well, all right. Originals, which uh, most of them ended up being March of the Saints. Right. And they were all written by the whole band uh, as a co-unit. Right. Know. And we actually started uh, jamming uh, here in my garage, you know, at our house. And um, our parents, we put our parents through a lot. <laughs> yeah. <kidding>. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> you have to thank our parents, though. Come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think every, every hard rock, heavy metal band uh, has to... Has thank someone it. yeah for thank, putting up with it yeah for putting up with because <laughs> you know you, here's the deal is like and and you guys know this is like when you form your first band you suck <laughs> you, you know you get in the garage at the first the first time and you don't really know what you're doing you suck right you're tuning when the drummer is playing the drums and you know singers trying to say hey what's up <laughs> i mean yeah yeah it's not uh, it's not uh, a song yet it's, right, right. It's not, hey, play. Let's just jam an A, and you know what's A? You know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You put your finger on the fifth fret right yeah. there on the eighth. <laughs> it goes like yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, I thought this was a rehearsal, not a lesson. Right. <laughs> so it it's uh it's it's um it's important to know this um first first off because I'm a fan, and this is really the first time we've ever done you know any kind of like uh you know you and i phil have have talked uh, extensively about uh history and just where you come from as a guitar player and a writer and just er early years with uh with shit your your brother and guys that might as well be your brothers because you've known them since you were a kid yeah and you know so let's let's go to um you, you know the the years that you were out of the band and and just for a second if if you can as uh tell us how that transpired and then and then how i mean it's obvious that that the band when uh when dave passed passed away um that they just they had to they had to you know 
get you get get you and the band tight as a family again because that was a that was a huge loss and you even know that so of course i mean how did all of that hit you transpire a little bit without it without it getting overly emotional or or sticky if you'll if you'll tell us uh, as much of that as you feel yeah. comfortable with well the, you know there's a happy ending i'm here you know uh, i mean uh, of, right. uh, of course of right. course yeah the happy ending is is where i mean we I'm so uh, we're happy to just be here alive with everyone, right? Right, exactly. That's, exactly. that's important. It was rough, man. I'm telling you, my brothers in the band, and I mean, it was like, um, you know, I, I I had a kind of a rough childhood. Uh, it was, uh, and then I I think I it I have to take a responsibility for everything because it was like somewhat my fault because I might have just uh, done uh, you know inebriation too many times or stuff like that but i don't think i was drinking at that time anymore but you know uh it affected me you know uh, it affected me and um and uh you know there was some i had to grow i had to grow and and um they saw that and you know they let the, you know i was let go I, I left the band you know and um and um they went ahead and did the, their thing and stuff and and if I was, uh, and I'm only saying this with all love, you know, if I was like the catalyst for them not succeeding, you know, they had a chance with to do it on as a four piece, you know, yeah, that right. was their chance. Okay, now let's, you know, and and it didn't happen as a four piece, you know, so so maybe it wasn't, <laughs> you know, so much that, but anyway, so. Um, it was super rough you know i had a lot of growth i learned a lot of things and um and then um when they called me uh when dave died and um rest in peace you yeah. know they wanted to do the his songs you know uh for the life of of his of of david pritchard let's let's uh, record his songs that he wrote like maybe like 80 percent of symbol of salvation yeah. you know yeah they were in a demo and they showed it to Brian Slago. And I think at this point when the death uh, of uh, David Pritchard, John and Joy pretty much, you know, put Armored Saint on the back cup, back burner, you know. Mm -hmm. But then Brian Slago came in and he basically uprooted Armored Saint with the symbol of salvation. I so I'm very honored, very honored, very thankful and grateful that they asked me back and I, uh, and I was glad to even like get a co-writing on on that album. You know, I wrote a riff. You know, "Truth Always Hurts," and it turned out into this kind of bluesy Aerosmith kind of vibey, yeah, Ben Lizzy thing. And it made the album, and I was honored by that and stuff. And, awesome. Uh, and that's that's the you know. Awesome. I uh, I want to make make this clear, and you can correct me and and add to it and piggyback all you want that. Neither you or Jeff Duncan were are are in my eyes considered a replacement for David Pritchard. Like your, I feel like your place in Armored Saint was your place in Armored Saint. Jeff was already there. Yeah. When when Dave passed. Yeah. So no one replaced Dave Pritchard. So there's this kind of like. Uh, memorandum or this sort of like symbol of salvation if you will that is dave pritchard that mm -hmm. i i didn't really put that together that slagle 
and with with your involvement uh really got the band in into the saddle again yeah. and I, I didn't know i didn't know that so there's i think that there's a lot of uh emotional connection to symbol of salvation which whether people know the lore or the backstories that led to symbol of salvation because i don't know if i'd literally put this all together in my heart and in my head that that symbol record had such uh such legs and and meaning triple meaning kind of a thing uh as a welcome back i mean like I mentioned, the musical landscape didn't work out, and there was a, a lot of people were putting, you know, their, their, you know, everyone was anti up, right? Um, right, and, right. And then Bush going and doing the the Anthrax thing too, but but at least that record got made. Yeah, it's, it's important. It's important that that record got made because. Yeah. It, you know, I don't know. Do you do you have anything else to add to that? Do you do you well, feel the same way? Yeah, we have a DVD coming out. And October with that record, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, you do. It's a, Let's seminal, talk it's, it's a seminal record. That yes. record still living 2021, yeah. which is what, like 30, 39, 30 years from now? Yeah, yeah. You do the math. Years. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. so and, and this DVD is coming out this October and it's Symbol of Salvation. That's how important this record is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's the lifeblood of uh of david pritchard's life you know yeah uh, of his of his writings not only that but he was a great i need to say this he was a great artist he could draw you know he could never, draw I never like do that but like monsters and cra crazy creepy stuff horror stuff like i remember i had bought a, a a notepad to write stuff on he he took it away from me and he and he and he drew something in like 10 minutes and I went, holy shit, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. But he signed it, and I still have that. It's one of oh, my cherished films. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, beautiful. Man. That's awesome. Uh, it's an original yeah. David Pritchard. I think uh, David, uh, the spirit of David lives on for sure in, in Armored Saint. He's almost like, uh, he's almost kind of the Bond Scott of Armored Saint. You know, he'll never be forgotten. He'll always be there in spirit. Uh, anybody who's a fan will always mention him in the second breath right after they talk about your new album, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. he, he'll, he'll never be forgotten. And I, you know, that, that says a lot about him and, and about you guys for keeping his memory alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Brian Slagle and, uh, that, that always brings up, uh, a great memory for me. Um, I was with Jason, um, at, at, at a club called the back room in Austin, Texas, and you guys armored saint, you were on tour supporting Dio, and and I want to say Lynch Mob was also on that tour. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jason and I, Jason's driving, I'm sitting shotgun in his car, and we pull into the parking lot. It's around sound check, so maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. And you come running up to the car with a video camera and stick it in the window and start singing the dangerous uh dangerous toys song scared <laughs> dude david i didn't i didn't tell you this and and i i didn't have ha, i hadn't pressed record yet but as soon as philip came in here and jumped down and sat down he sang he 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 serenaded <laughs> me with my own song well okay so, so, so I've, i i re just relived exactly what you did and and what was that 2000 yeah 99, i have the 9, i have the uh i have the 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 
all access pass or whatever the, the sticker uh sitting it's over there on my wall it's it was 2000 mm-hmm. and I, I i just remember being with jason and we're going to you know meet up with you guys and you come running across the parking lot phil with this video camera and you stick it in the car window and you start singing scared and i'm cracking up man i'm like look at this maniac this is hilarious <laughs> and he knows all the words to the dangerous toys song uh-huh. so uh we ended up hanging out with you that night and uh had a great time uh, but Brian Slagle was there, and that was that was crazy for me because of obviously who he is and and his place in heavy metal history. And you know we're in Austin, Texas, so I'm not expecting him to be there at all. But he was with you guys, and there's some pictures of 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 uh, me and Jason with Slagle on your on your tour bus, and uh, we hung out and we had a great time, and it was it was an honor for me to meet him. And then I remember we're sitting on the bus and you guys are talking about whether or not Jason wants to come out and sing on stage that night. And I'm thinking, well, obviously he does, you know, and he came out. I remember Bush introduced Jason as the, you know, the hometown hero or whatever. And the place was packed, of course, because Dio is playing at this club. And uh, Jason comes out and sings a couple songs with you guys at the end of the night. And it was just an awesome, awesome memory that um, I, I always associate with Armored Saint because you guys just gave me a great night. So. You know, I was I, I I was talking to Gonzo earlier, and I didn't tell you I just spilled the beans, but we'll get to that later. And we, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, how Armored Saint is one of one of the bands you know, that uh, that I'm a huge fan of. Who let me in, and I could let my my fanboy thing go away. You understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, you're just a not, bro. It's, yeah, you're part. Yeah, yeah, and I can I can let the fanboy thing go away, and I feel like you know Metallica let me in uh, at the uh, Lemmy met let me in that you know I, I I use the term let me in, uh, not loosely. Because there's a lot of bands who I idolize, who I'm just fanboy. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm jumping up and down, and it's Rob Halford. It's Rob Halford. I've toured with Judas Priest, and every night I'm seeing Rob Halford. Oh my god! And that fanboy thing, I, it's not it's not Rob's fault or anybody in Judas Priest that I am a huge fanboy, and I they didn't let me in. You see what I'm trying to say? I'm not yeah, pointing, yeah. I'm not upset or butthurt about what I'm trying to say is. Armored Saint is one of the bands that sort of let me in yeah. to where I could, the fanboy thing disappeared and I'm just hanging out with these guys and these guys are having a great time and I'm smiling and it's, it's, it's all about the music and, and the love for, I mean, these guys like the same records I like and I'm just, you know, I, I gotta say party. that I, I appreciate that. And Dave, and Dave does too. I'll speak for Dave too. When a band, when, when a fan can start off as just total fanboy flipping their lids and the next thing you know they're just like haven't eaten enchiladas it's just comfortable it's, yeah it doesn't it it, it, the, it the other, goes away the other yeah. thing i remember about that night that i was just mentioning is i'm i'm on, i'm sitting on the bus i'm sitting next to joey and joey and i are start start talking about chuck taylor tennis shoes because i'm wearing chucks i think he was wearing chucks i mean how uh, yeah. how how ridiculous is that? I mean, how, you know, you, you talk about minutia, but I, I'll remember <laughs> that. I'll remember that forever because I was just having a comfortable conversation with this dude who just happens to be the bass player in Armored Saint. We're talking well, yeah, about my, my point is, is you walked away from that going, 
did I just talk about <laughs> footwear with, with Joey Vera? Yeah, with Joey Vera. Yeah. No, he was great. But so let's let's talk about this for a minute, uh, Phil. So you this that was later, you know, that was two thousand. You're touring with uh, with Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Obviously, it's got to be a huge honor for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but your your tours prior to that, you guys did some amazing tours with some major big name bands. Um, when you look back on those tours, which which ones stand out as like the most memorable for being like the most fun or the biggest? arenas or which ones of those tours are are the milestones for you well scorpions um opening up for scorpions when they had their hit um winds of change yeah Um, playing stadiums um um was probably one of the most amazing things we i did i mean uh, we did because they treated us like kings they would have like Wow. Uh, a lady in the morning, what would you like for supper, for breakfast? You know, and we, we were just waking up and it's like, wow, we get to order. And it was all there for us. And uh, wow. the band was great. And when um, they sang Winds of Change, everybody in Germany was just whistling at the same time. And I could feel the air, you know. Yeah. Everybody whistling, 20,000 people whistling Winds, Winds of Change with their lights the lighters and stuff, pretty freaking heavy. Yeah. Um, so uh, I remember being on stage and 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 uh, um, listening back to my guitar through their fucking monitors. It was like huge. It was like with the big one of the biggest things we played, and just going chuck chuck, and then going bump. <laughs> like, that's one of them. That's one of them. Another one was uh, Quiet Ride and White Snake. Yeah, yeah. Because John, I mean, as a guitar player, John Sykes, come on. Oh yeah, come on. Oh my God, John Sykes. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, so me and David always run, finish our set, change, and run to the front just to see John, John Sykes, and David Coverdale just kicking ass and stuff like that. So yeah. Like for, for a month of doing that, that was amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I saw that. I saw that tour in Austin, but you guys weren't on the bill. Yeah, I saw the same tour in San Antonio, and Helix was the other band. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's we, right. We missed Armored Saint on that tour. Yeah. But yeah, I can imagine John Sykes, dude. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you get to watch that every night. What else? Because I mean, I, I looked at the uh, the list of bands you toured with, and I couldn't believe how long it was and how big them these names were. So. Scorpions, Quiet Riot. What's what's another one that was, you know? Well, suicidal tendencies was fun. You know, that was a lot of fun. You know, was, uh, um, and uh, see, they're another one of those bands that came up. You know, you know, Southern California created their own sound, and were were on heavy metal bills and clubs, and and when they were getting going, and and it was like this really weird funky crossover hard rock thrash metal punk rock right. skate skate rock if you will right. kind of but you guys were shit i've played with suicidal tendencies you know what i mean and and, I'm, and one of my thrash bands has played with suicidal and my butt rock band has played with suicidal so they're <laughs> one of those bands that i think armored saint sort of is uh, a crossover band armored saint I could you could loosely use the term crossover because there's a lot of ingredients that sort of like have you be this blend 
uh, you're respected by the thrash. You, you know, I'm sure that a lot of the butt rock, you know, hair metal bands from, you know, were, that were your neighbors, if you will. I'm sure they were fans of you guys and came to see you guys all the time. And, and, and just like the thrash metalheads would come out and stand next to the, as maybe Paul Bailoff would say, the posers and enjoy an Armored Saint concert. Yeah. That's crossover, man. That's like, yeah. that's, that's love. You're bringing, you're bringing it together. You're bringing yeah. ingredients. Also, yeah. Also Armored Saint um, opened up for um, uh, Iron Maiden in, in Spain. There we Huge. go. Yeah, yeah, huge freaking um, festival, you know, um, we played with loudness, you know, uh, and stuff. But uh, that was pretty fucking amazing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, wow. So, I mean, you don't get much bigger than Iron, uh, Iron Maiden. We, we would love to p- open up for Metallica <laughs> one of these days. Yeah, I, no. I was going to ask, I mean, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it time for those guys to return the favor? I mean, you, you're, you're friendly with them all these years later. You got a new album out. They, you know, they, they could probably pick and choose their opening act at this point. Yeah. So yeah. when are they going to call you and say, hey, man. Hey, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I guess you can't hold your breath. Right, yeah. right. And I, yeah. and but I know it's like one of those things. Yeah, I know. In I know in recent years, uh, you know, Kirk Hammett, you, you guys are fairly close, and Kirk Hammett has been. You, you guys have been seen hanging out. Uh, he'll stop by your dressing room when he's around and stuff like that, and and that's got got to be like. Uh, you know, your, your, your cousin visiting kind of thing. You know what I mean? Your cousin visiting a, dude, it's not even a holiday and you're, you're coming to awesome. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. We used to call uh, groupies Edna's. Oh, like aunt Edna. <laughs> it's like Edna, you know, you don't really get to know. Them. I don't want to, you yeah. know, yeah. Say anything, but, but me no, and him would like, like, um, you know, pretend we're each other, you know, and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we were on tour, we just had fun like that. Um, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's yeah. a little bit are... of a resemblance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At some yeah. point, maybe same hair a little bit. Yeah. 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 But I, I love it that, uh, that that camaraderie has is is ne- is never going anywhere and is not in any danger of going anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Between, you know, your uh, your pals so. right I, I wanted okay. to ask you um you mentioned the dvd that's coming out that sort of captures the whole uh symbol of salvation uh album performed live is, is that is that the same as is there a documentary that you guys have yeah. in the works or something is that russell, separate? yeah is it's that separate. Separate. our our friend russell charrington he's a, a professor at uh, Derbyshire University uh, in film. He's a film school, is producing it and uh, directing it. And we in have the, like- In the UK? Yes. In the, okay. I mean, he didn't, you know, he got the interviews from James, Lars, uh, Scotty, and yeah. everywhere. But he's, he's flown all over the world just to get some of these interviews. Um, but yeah, he's in the UK. Okay. Yeah. And so that's coming out, that's coming out maybe next year. Okay. Okay. Does it have a working title? No, not yet. So just so people know, there is a uh, an Armored Saint documentary on the way that we okay. need to be looking out for. And as you mentioned, features interviews with some of your peers. Um, I bet that's going to be really cool because Armored Saint, again, is one of those bands that, you know, uh, 
I think the story is great, you know, and, and, and this is another way, another vehicle for telling the story. And, and I'm glad that it's being done. And, and you guys have some, you guys have some big name peers. Uh, so I think it's going to be really cool to sort of capture them paying tribute and respect to, you know, Armored Saint on this, in this documentary. It's going to be an awesome thing. Yeah. 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 So we'll look for that later when later uh, yeah, like probably year. march next year okay yeah, all right yeah so, i i gotta say guys guys um i have to go get uh a shot at one o'clock good for uh, you okay yeah, i have to go get a shot because everybody's touring now There's yeah, yeah. A, something comes up i gotta be vaxxed right so understand yeah. that's understand. right you gotta you gotta do the work so you can do your work Right. So I want to say that I'm working on a solo album with my brother. He's producing. Um, awesome. And, yeah. And, um, we got uh, three songs down right now. We're, we're uh, demoing and stuff. So that's kind of like a different thing, you know, but yeah. that's, you know. Awesome. But, well, if you if you need if you need any vocals, I know someone that would love to help you guys out <laughs> in any way possible. Uh, backing vocals uh whatever wow, really whatever you think that you yeah just i mean i'm just throwing you know yeah just 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 I, call me phil awesome. <laughs> know a guy give me a ring man know a guy you know jason oh, thank you so much uh, yeah. i'm gonna hit you up brother oh yeah anything hey, anything you need i can record here and email tracks it sounds fine i do i have tons yeah. of worldwide releases i've recorded right here in my studio so there you go right you on. heard it here first on the talk louder podcast yeah all right, Phil, podcast is awesome. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Phil. We'll, we'll let you go get vaxxed. We'll we'll wrap up and let you go get your get, get your shot. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, on behalf of my co-host Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave, and special thanks to our guest today, Phil Sandoval from the Mighty Armored Saint. Oh, 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 o